So guys, thanks. You know, I get the awesome opportunity to, uh, to follow our, our guest speaker last week, right? And how many were in here and heard that? Just amazing. Pat Williams, what he did, and then uh, the month before, Jesse comes in here and just kind of blows it out of the water, right? He does great. He introduces Coalette, right, as the author, as the critic, right, as the critic, and I just love that. You know, and as I think about Ecclesiastes, that's exactly what I think about the critic, because I knew the critic. You guys probably knew the critic. Anybody who's in the military or paramilitary, anybody who's been coached on a football team, anybody who's had that coach knows the critic, that wise guy that knows everything, right? That's just straight to the point. My guy on my SWAT team commander was Butch Hummel. Some of you guys remember Butch? He was the critic, wasn't he? Early on in SWAT, I remember he gave me my first sage advice. Ogden, life sucks. (laughs) And then you die. That's it, Dave, under 10 minutes. No, but we get the opportunity to talk about Ecclesiastes 7 today. And the point of the section, I'm going to break this down because Jesse talked about having a small chapter and I have this humongous chapter. It's like sitting down at breakfast and there's just too much to order. You don't, you can't make up your mind. So I broke this down into a couple sections and looking at the first section here, the point is to emphasize the learn, for us to learn that adversity is better than pleasure. And that true wisdom is developed in the crucible of the trials that we go through. And it may suck at the time, but there's so much to learn there. So let's quickly kind of read this, guys, and go through. I'm going to read out of the uh, ESV version today, but I kind of go, myself, I go back and forth between NIV and ESV when I do some studying. A good name is better than precious ointment, and a day of death than a day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than go to the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of the face the heart will be made glad, and the heart of the wise is in the house of the mourning, but the heart of the fools is in the house of mirth. So we'll kind of stop right there. So most of you guys know my, uh, my career. I've been in law enforcement for 33 years. But one of the things that I've loved to do has been a, tra- a trainer. I love and I have a passion for training law enforcement officers. And uh, I love when we can keep officers safe and talk about that. One of the most critical things that we do as police officers and our military folks will appreciate this as well um, is that many, many times throughout the day, throughout our careers, we have to penetrate or we have to go in to a room, to a space, to a house. And that critical time of entering a room is dangerous. Matter of fact, it's so dangerous, uh, before we go into the door of a house, we we prepare and we plan and we get ready for the execution of that. We call that, and you guys probably remember this, we call this area the fatal funnel, right? It's when we go from the light to the darkness. If it's dark at night, we go from the dark to the light. It is a critical point for us where there's lots and lots of danger. Through my career, I've probably kicked in thousands of doors, hit another thousand or so with a ram. Uh, And then when the time got super, super critical, when it was really, really dangerous, we practiced and we trained with our bomb explosive guys 
who carefully and methodically put debt cord up around the doors. We staged the area for the explosion and we went in immediately afterwards. There's lots of reasons that we did this, to prepare and plan so that we can have the advantageous position of going in. We wanted to have that advantage going through the door. And we could plan for that. And there are times in our lives that we can plan for this entry. And that entry point I call a breach point. Right? It's the point of no return. It's the point we have to go through. And again, in our lives, we have different levels of breach point. But guys, just like anything else in life, there are different perspectives of everything, isn't it? There's two sides to every story. Two sides to how I view things as a police officer, has how other people view things. And there's times that we are often caught on that other side. When life explodes in front of our face. We use devices such as flashbangs and debt cord and things like this to overwhelm our opponent. To render him or her useless. So they are discouraged. So they can't see. So they're disoriented. Isn't that what happens when life explodes in front of us? You know, I'm wearing this shirt today, guys. I'm going to leave pretty early, but on August 2nd, which is today's date, in 2006, Michael Callan, one of my motorcycle officers, was killed in a line of duty. I remember that day vividly, just like I remember many other days of my life. He was actually hit the day before, and I met with a few of these guys uh, the day before. And just after I left, my, uh, my dinger went off, their reminder went off of what I was doing that day when I got that call and showed up on the scene, and he was transported. 110 of my personnel, as the captain of the motors unit at the time, overcame Health Central. I'm sorry, not Health Central, RMC. And we stayed there with the family, Dave and Anna Callan, who I'm going to be meeting shortly, for 24 hours until Michael succumbed to his injuries. <clears throat> Certainly a breach point for all of our men and women. A breach point moment for the family, who, by the way, was a tremendous, amazing Christian family that I got to watch go through this. Just yesterday, I was talking to my brother, who's a Fort Lauderdale sergeant. There was a funeral for the Broward County Sheriff's Office deputy who was killed last week. If you remember, he got hit by a vehicle. And I asked my brother if he knew him. He said, yeah, I kind of met him. He goes, he said, but he was a Marine. He had done a tour. He had come back and had served four or five years as a deputy. He was married, had a young kid. And they had made the decision in their life that they were going to move to Indiana. They bought a house, and his wife moved to Indiana, and his kids moved. He had three days left on his shift. Three more shifts to work. Guys, and a lot of you have heard my story, and if you haven't heard my story, I don't have time in my time limit to tell it today. Uh, But if you want to go back to uh, October of 2017, you can hear the entire one. But I'll tell you, February 19, 2010 was my breach point moment as well. I'll never forget sitting down at um, 475 West Story Road, just down the road, when my wife gave me a call. Because we knew something was wrong with our son, and we weren't sure what it was. And she had met with a neurological, pediatric neurological ophthalmologist. 
who gave us a diagnosis that would be our breach point for our life. He told us our son was going to die. And that there was nothing that we could do except for to live well with him and take him home and watch him die. Which is what we did for the next two and a half years. So for me, the day that I hit my breach point, the day that the dust and the clouds and everything, I couldn't see, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't do anything else, was the day that I was on the other side of that door. I've told you before, and I'll tell you it again, I was a Christian by namesake only because I had walked away from my faith because of what I believed, reasons that were certainly unjustified. But the moments and the hours and the days and the months and the years from that day forward made me sit still for the first time in my life. Made me give some deep, deep introspection on what my life was about, how I got to this point in my life, everything that was critical, what I believed in, what was my faith, what, who am I? You know, I say suffering makes us question, makes us ask questions about God's character and God's promises. And I said this yesterday to some guys, and sometimes as Christians we think, how dare we? But we all do that. And I questioned why God would do this to me. But at the end of the day, my answers were, God's character is immovable. Mine had moved. God's promises are always kept. I can't give you a list of the ones that I broke. And when I think about our Savior Jesus and what he did for us, the physical pain that he went through to die on the cross, but more so the physical pain, he took all the sins on his shoulder. The emotional turmoil of that is staggering. I want to catch up to where I'm at. When Jesus was in Gethsemane, his soul was completely overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. When I looked at this, I was like, wow. Even to the point of death. There's no feeling. There's no sin. There's nothing that Jesus didn't take for us. And that is just so humbling. So humbling. So guys, as I finish up within my 10 minutes, hopefully, I want to introduce to you uh, another term, another acronym, and it's called YAC. How many people are football players in here? How many people are football fanatics in here? All right. What is YAC? Yards after contact. A little... Not fairly publicized stat when I don't know why for, for running backs and others. What is yards after contact? It's most important, you know, NFL players, let's, let's put them all together. They're all fast. They're all swift. They can cut. They can move. They can turn. 
but some of them reach the top of that where yards where they can continue after they're hit and they move they get hit once they get hit twice they don't go down and they just move because they're focused on that end zone right and for us guys our end zone has got to be eternity not today and there are some times in our lives that we're going to get hit. And they're not sometimes. We're going to get hit. I could probably ask you to raise your hand in here right now, and everybody has been hit. Probably half of those hands would stay, stay up saying, I'm being hit right now. And I made it to the 40. And here comes another fat linebacker hitting me again. And I made it to the 30. And somebody else is dragging me down. And it seems like it just keeps coming and coming. And sometimes in life, we get hit, little guys. I want to share with you um, the last verse that I like to connect with YAC. And it's uh, Romans 5, 3, 5. I'll read from the ESV version. And this time I'll put my glasses on. That will help. Not only that, that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. I know NIV uses perseverance. I really love perseverance, that language. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And this is the reason that we have hope. So, guys, I want to thank you for listening to me today. We uh, have a couple questions, and your uh, table captains are going to read those to you. I'm going to stick around for a few minutes, and then I'm going to meet the Callens today to uh, celebrate the uh, honor uh, of their son, what we call angel anniversary for those people who have lost children or who have uh, lost law enforcement or military guys. We call that their angel anniversary, and uh, I love the opportunity to get to spend time with this family on this particular day. So can I finish up with a, with a prayer before we go? Uh, Darling Fowler, I want to thank you for um, the opportunity to get to come here and serve, Lord, and the opportunity to get to uh, come here and, and hear guys, hear my story. Um, you know that I love getting to speak about my son Caleb and, and uh, how he's changed my life, uh, even though it was difficult, a difficult time in my life and difficult trials that we went through, Lord. I ask that, uh, that, our, that these words are your words, Lord, that you penetrate these guys' hearts, Lord. I know that uh, without a show of hands that probably 90% of this room has, been, has reached their breach point at one point or another and may be going through it right now. But I ask that, uh, that they have their team, Lord. I ask that their SWAT team is around them, that their special ops team, as they're around them and that they fill them with uh, comfort and love and that they protect them and that they know that this is an area where we can have a dome of confidence uh, and that they have somebody covering their six, Lord. Uh, And ultimately, they have you. It's in your name we pray.